Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm not an expert, more of a fantasy coach here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. I won't always be right, but I hope I'll be convincing. We have got a fun show in store today. I am recording this following a longer week 12. That's right. We had Wednesday football. Before I get into what I'm convinced of this week and talking about some of the the players moving forward and also I'll let you know where you can hold me accountable, I have to begin with a little uh, of my own fantasy shenanigans. And it happened yesterday on on Wednesday with, with the Ravens and the Steelers. And I imagine that many people listening today had something riding on that Steelers-Ravens game. And so for me, it was Ben Roethlisberger. And going in, I was in a tight matchup. All I needed was for Big Ben to outscore the Ravens by 10 points. That was it. So if he had 20, the, the Ravens' defense could have had 10 points, the, the defense. Uh, so I could have, you know, he could have had 15, they could have had five. But what happens? It wasn't enough. I ended up losing by point one. Point one. Big Ben couldn't do enough. And if you watch that game, you saw every time they went down into the red zone, they, they, they melted down. They couldn't score. They couldn't do anything. I know Juju got the one, but that wasn't enough. I mean, we saw drop passes. We saw just weird plays. And uh, just they just blew it. Like, they absolutely blew it. The Steelers blew it in the red zone against a banged-up Ravens team. And that meant that my team fell to 6-6. Six and six. Now I'm on the playoff bubble because I lost by point one, Unacceptable. So my, my team, you know, even you know, projections this week, I'm in good shape. Like, I've got a good, I've got a good team. Even though I'm, I'm, re- I'm still relying on Ezekiel Elliott, which is a nightmare. Uh, so I'm riding that roller coaster. But James Robinson's a stud. Now, I was without Adam Thielen, so that hurt. Um, so he's back this week. And, uh, and, and TJ Hawkinson, I got rolling out there as well. So I'm going to stick with Big Ben, even though I'm very upset with him. So that was, uh, that was unfortunate. Then in another fantasy league, I, I lost because I went up against Tyreek Hill. How many of you went up against Tyreek Hill and his 60-pointer? Are you kidding me? What a wild week in fantasy. It's always the worst when you just know you have no shot because you can't compete with one player scoring 60 points. Please email me, fantasy at unpackingit.com, if you won and your opponent had Tyreek Hill. I would love to know who you had on your roster because I don't know how you win that. I really don't. So uh, my, my team in that league will make the playoffs. That's the Fantasy Football Fellowship League and a very competitive league. I'll say this. I think across the board in fantasy this year, 
most leagues and standings are very competitive. So this this week 13, it's the final regular season week for most leagues. I imagine most teams are in contention and and, and some wild things are going to happen this coming weekend. No Thursday night game, which is a little different uh, this week, but we, we've got a game on Tuesday, so uh, that'll be nice. A little, little extra uh, to extend the week, but I, uh, I'm coming off a tough fantasy week. I ended up in my third league. I beat the number one guy, so I'm feeling good about that. Um, and then my FF32 league, the Chargers beat the Bills. So even though the Chargers lost in real life, I won yet again in fantasy. I, uh, I begin just to, to kind of let you know where I stand. I, I, I better make the playoffs in all three leagues. Uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, all th- I think if I make the playoffs in all three leagues, I, I'll have a shot. I'll, I'll at least be in contention to go all the way. I, I think this year is really hard to have a loaded powerhouse team. I, I, I probably have, yeah, there's probably one, le- maybe there's one team in each league that's, that's been pretty strong from start to finish. But even in those, even if you have a stacked roster at the moment, at any mo- at any moment, you then lose Adam Thielen because of the Rona. You you lose someone on the Steelers, somewhere on the Ravens. I mean, that, that, we've just seen this week after week. We don't know what team, what player, anything can happen. That's why I've been preaching all year. It's about depth. It's all about depth, and that will uh, transition us into how you can hold me accountable this week. The area where I blew it, something that I said on last week's show or a show this year where I was clearly wrong, at least this week I was wrong. And I begin with what I said a few weeks ago about backup running backs, that you want to get backup running backs, and I was anti-Todd Gurley, and I was all high on Brian Hill, the running back for the Falcons. Oh, yeah, five points, five points as I entered him into the flex spot. Are you kidding me? Brian Hill, if you look at Yahoo's, they, they do a little, you know, you, you click on the, the player and it gives you a little update on that player. After the game, Yahoo just said, Brian Hill's not very good at football. Are you kidding me? He's just not good at football. I mean, how did I whiff so bad on this guy? Because he was actually averaging pretty good, uh, like four or five yards of carry when he was, in that backup complimentary role with Todd Gurley. And so I'm thinking, all right, he gets an opportunity to start, give him more carries. Nope, didn't happen. He couldn't run the ball. He wasn't very good. And Edo Smith out-touched him. So I absolutely whiffed on that. And if I, I basically would have played anybody else, I probably would have won by point one. Um, so that was, a, that was a huge, huge miss. Uh, the other guy I've been wrong on, so... I, kind of the opposite situation, I was down on Kenyon Drake and high on Chase Edmonds, his backup. And and so, um, actually, I guess it's kind of the same thing because Drake's been the starter. So uh, kind of a similar situation where I've been about the backup running back, and I thought that Edmonds would come in and almost steal that job from Drake. I just didn't buy into Drake. But Drake has been very good the last few weeks. Since, his, since coming back from an injury, double-digit fantasy points, and Edmonds has, has truly been in that complimentary role. And, and so, again, I was wrong about Drake, and I, I was going to talk about this uh, a little bit later, but there is concern with the Cardinals right now. I, I don't know. I think I, – I, and here's something I was right on. Kyler Murray, a little banged up with the shoulder. 
I was hesitant and concerned, and I think I, I put him in the panic mode, uh, was it last week? And so he only scored six points. And so, you know, even though Drake ran pretty well, the passing attack isn't as good. I think that affects Edmonds a little bit. Hopkins has been not, you know, we're not used, we're used to him scoring 20, 30 points. That hasn't been the case for him. Christian Kirk had emerged, and I was high on Kirk. Then I sold Kirk. So I was actually right on that. So I traded Kirk away, uh, coincidentally, for Brian Hill. So both those guys stink. But, but the Cardinals, I, I think there's some serious concern with those guys. I'm not sure that Hopkins is going to win you a league this year. I, I'm not sure he can be that guy that you rely on. Same with Kyler Murray. You were probably winning a bunch of games with him as your starting quarterback. I'm not so sure, so, so sure at this point. But if you got Drake, you're, uh, you're feeling pretty good at the moment. So I was wrong there. Uh, again, continuing where you can hold me accountable, uh, Daryl Henderson. What in the world? Why does he stink so bad? He, he was ranked so well early in the year by, uh, what's the, the rating, the uh, pro football focus. Oh, this is such a good running back. Oh, he does all the right things. Well, he's not doing it in fantasy. And now Cam Akers is coming on. And I like Cam Akers down the stretch. I've got Henderson one league, Akers in another. But I've, I've been more of a Henderson guy. And, and so I, I think at this point, though, Akers will be the one down the stretch. And I'll, I'll talk more about the Rams in a little bit. Uh, the other thing I whiffed on, I was hesitant with Austin Eckler because, to me, that, that Chargers backfield seemed way too cloudy. And I wasn't all excited about Eckler coming back thinking that, oh, he's going to come back and, and win you your league. But, but I was wrong on that. I, I think now Eckler, he appeared healthy. He scored 24 points. He could be someone that if you are in playoff contention and you've been winning without Eckler and now you add him to your lineup, you're loving life. You, th- th- you're in great shape. And, and, of course, I'm going up against Eckler this week. And, and so I, you know, I still, I still find that backfield a little confusing, but I guess with, with Eckler there, because uh, I, I just I expected more from Josh Kelly, I guess, uh, when he was given an opportunity, and, and that didn't happen. And, and then uh, they bring in Balazs, and Balazs was doing pretty well there for a couple weeks, but now he's banged up. So Eckler's the guy. You put him in your lineup, you're good to go, and, and I, I was wrong on that. On the flip side, I was right about Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I kind of lumped those guys in in the same category, as far as injured players on kind of bad teams and can you really trust them at this point in the season? Are you going to put all your fantasy hopes in those guys? So as much as I love McCaffrey as a Panthers fan, you know, he's, it looks like he's going to be out again. Um, so I'm not sure that he's going to, well, I'm leaning on the, on the, the side that McCaffrey will not help you win a league this year. Um, I am now flip-flopping on Eckler. So I'm sticking, sticking with what I thought on CMC flip-flopping on Eckler and then my last confession for today Duke Johnson he scored 17 points I told you on I guess last week's show sell 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 they're a mess running the ball they can't run the ball Duke is no good and sure enough he scores 17 points on Thanksgiving probably more in the uh the receiving side of things because Watson's been playing well and Getting, getting Duke involved out of the backfield. So that's the positive for him. Looks like David Johnson might come back. So Duke will go back to the waivers, uh, I would guess. 
But uh, here's my uh, my other confession along with that. I told you not to, you know, be excited about Duke Johnson. And then what did I do? I started him on Thanksgiving. Oh, I know. I know. I was a hypocrite. I apologize. And I got called out for it because uh, Cameron, who I spent Thanksgiving with, he listened to the show and he knew that I was in on Duke Johnson or out on Duke Johnson. And, and then Duke ended up playing well. And, and then I had to admit to him, yeah, I actually put him in my lineup. Now, here's my reasoning or my excuse for that. I was desperate. I'm a David Johnson owner. And so I picked up Duke and I just had so many guys injured. Galladay was out. Swift was out. Julio was out. Uh, somebody else. Uh, yeah, I forget who else. One other guy. So, you know, I had so many players injured. I had to, I had to put Duke in there and it ended up working out uh, okay. So, uh, sorry about that. All right. The, uh, the areas where I, I, I'm feeling pretty good, I'll ask the question, did you listen? Uh, did you listen when I talked about Kyler Murray? Uh, so, that was, uh, I already talked about that being uh, right for the moment. You know, I, Kyler Murray was looking great, but, but if you're talking about a shoulder injury for a quarterback, very concerning. The, the other area that I talked about a few weeks ago where I was actually correct, when it came to backup running backs that can help you win your fantasy league, I mentioned, along with Brian Hill, Latavius Murray and Alexander Madison. And along with that, I, I warned you about Dalvin Cook. And we all know this. We all know that he's injury prone. But what did we see again? He got banged up on Sunday. This is the story with Dalvin Cook. He is unbelievable. He's awesome, but he's unreliable. So I, I want to make sure I have Madison on my roster if he's available. And if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, don't get too cocky. Do not get too cocky because he is a play away, just like everybody, but him more so than others. And then I'm afraid Kamara's a little banged up. And so you want Latavius Murray. You saw what he's capable of and how well he ran the ball against Denver. He was incredible, and he's somebody that can win you your league this season, even with Kamara. I mean, we saw that. I mean, Kamara played a little bit, but just not, he didn't get as many carries. Part of that was because they were blowing Denver out, and Denver had no chance because they did not have a quarterback out there, which I felt bad for Hinton. That was just embarrassing for all everybody involved. But, uh, but at least Murray was a beneficiary of that day, and, and showed everyone you know, just how good of a runner he is. M- Madison still has to prove that, but I think with the way that the Minnesota Vikings are playing right now, it's a nice balanced attack, and I'm going to talk more about Kirk Cousins in a little bit, but, uh, but I, 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 I'm, I would be thrilled to have Madison on my roster heading into the fantasy playoffs. All right, I'm going to debut a new segment. It's a little late in the season to do this, but I, I just uh, I thought this would be a little fun. So the, uh, the, 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 the feature, the segment on the show, we'll call it, of course he scored. And how many of you have dropped somebody, traded somebody earlier in the year when they were struggling, and then the following week or a few weeks later, you realize, oh my goodness, that guy's lighting it up. Of course he scored. You're watching the highlights, you're watching Red Zone, you're watching the game, and you, you see the guy that you gave up on score and and you're thinking yeah of course my my former guy did well let me give you four names for for these are guys that have absolutely come back around even though I gave up on them Naheem Hines 
17 points this last week. Ronald Jones, 17 points this last week. Singletary, he wasn't awesome, but he's still doing better than, you know, I shouldn't have dropped him necessarily at this point. And then James White. James White was doing nothing, nothing. I was all high on James White. I got rid of him. I moved on. And now, uh, last couple weeks, he's been very relevant and has has been contributing for the Patriots. So those are the guys that have been frustrating me. Who is that for you? Shoot me an email, fantasy at unpackingit.com. All right, let's get to what I'm convinced of this week. I am convinced that Deshaun Watson is going to make or break your fantasy playoffs. Because if you go up against him, if you have him on your team, I think the, the pendulum can swing real, like all the way to where he's going to carry you to a championship. Or, uh-oh, they just lost Will Fuller. It could be over for Deshaun Watson. And I, Will Fuller's been awesome. I had him on a team. Now he's out. He's been suspended. He had 35 points last week. Unbelievable. But now... I just don't like the receiving core, Brandon Cooks, QT, and Randall Cobb. I don't think those guys are strong enough for Deshaun Watson to continue the huge numbers that he's been putting up. And and so it's just it's kind of a bummer because things finally it was a little bit of a slow start for the Texans, especially for Watson. And then he's really been coming on. And, but, but Will Fuller has been a key to that because Will Fuller really became that number one receiver. Cooks has been fine. He's had some nice games. And, and QT has some upside. But I, I think in order for Watson, for that pendulum to continue to kind of go the, the direction that it's gone, QT has got to blow us away. And he's got to pick up the production uh, from Will Fuller because I'm not sure that Cooks does that. And Randall Cobb, I think he's even banged up. So... I just, Watson, it's going to be make or break. It's very, very intriguing to see. All right, I'm also convinced Kirk Cousins can be trusted. I haven't been a Kirk Cousins guy over the years, but he hasn't, he's he's only had one bad game since week six. And he's been having three touchdown games, Thielen, Justin Jefferson, even Kyle Rudolph got involved last week. Uh, They've been throwing the ball. Chad Beebe, my boy, Chad Beebe. It was awesome. Big touchdown for him. It was unfortunately my Panthers lost, but uh, I root for BB. Great guy. Um, and so, uh, anyway, I, I I think Kirk Cousins and the the direction that the Vikings are heading very positive, and I'm hoping that that Cousins. I've I've got actually have him as a starter uh, in one of my leagues, and then I have Thielen in another league. So I, I'm all in on them. I think they're going to be all right. And then throw in Madison, and you're in good shape. All right, last one. I'm convinced Robert Tunyon is one of the best tight ends down the stretch. Green Bay Packers, tight end. Uh, I probably was down on him early in the year, but I'm on that bandwagon. Five targets, five catches, and one touchdown in back-to-back weeks. I believe that will continue. I, I think he'll continue to be one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets down the stretch. All right, real quickly, let's get to uh, peace or panic this week. When it comes to the Rams, I think there's some panic. Uh, I it's like the roller coaster ride with them. Them and the Raiders are my panic teams of the week and all of their players, uh, all of their fantasy players. Like I said, I like Cam Akers better than Henderson, but I just think overall, I don't know how we can trust the Rams or the Raiders. 
We see really good games and then really bad games. The, the Rams should not be losing to the 49ers. The Raiders should not be losing to the Falcons. And they shouldn't be losing the way that they lost. It was ugly. Golf, Carr, I, I don't know if we could trust these guys. So, and now we, we've got Jacobs banged up in, in Oakland or uh, Las Vegas. So, I'm very concerned with those guys. I've got Jacobs. I've got Nelson Aguilar. I've got Henderson. I've got Akers. I've got Cooper Cup. All those guys. I'm just not real confident in those guys right now. On the flip side, Aaron Jones. He's only had one touchdown in the last four weeks. But I have peace. That will change. The Packers have the Eagles, Lions, and Panthers coming up. Aaron Jones is going to be getting into the end zone. Mark it down. They'll have to run the ball a little bit more because they'll probably get up on those teams. They'll still Aaron Rodgers will still score some touchdowns. He'll throw the ball, uh, but they'll be blowing these teams out, and Aaron Jones will get some nice you know second half touchdowns, um, maybe even first half and second half. But but I think in the end, as they run the ball and work the clock, I think Aaron Aaron Jones will be a beneficiary of that. Last one, Stephon Diggs. He only had ten points this past week. But I have peace. I have peace about Diggs. He's had an incredible season. He's been very consistent. It was only his second low game of the year, but even a low game for him is 10 points. So I think you can feel good about Diggs coming down the stretch in the playoffs for the Bills. So those are my thoughts this week, heading into week 13, the last game of the regular season. I'll keep you updated how many of my teams make the playoffs. Uh, Hopefully we'll be uh, four for four. So uh, let me know where you stand, how you're feeling heading into the playoffs, any questions that you have, any topics you want me to address on this show, you can email me, fantasy at unpackingit.com. Well, you come for the fantasy thoughts, but you stick around for some encouragement. And so we wrap things up with something from the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. If you haven't ordered yours yet, it's not too late. You can still read it even in the offseason or have it ready for next season. And maybe you can bring the Fantasy Football Fellowship to your league next year. So check out FantasyFootballFellowship.com. We're in week 13, and this week's topic is all about the player we're glad got away. Because what ends up happening every year, we head into the draft, and there's one or two guys that we really want to pick. But then that guy gets taken right before we're up, maybe around earlier than we anticipated, and we miss out on drafting that player. Now, 13 weeks into the season, we look back and we go, yeah, that guy turned out not very good. I'm so glad I didn't draft that guy. I'm so glad that I took somebody else instead of that guy. And we're very thankful for uh, missing out on that player. For, for me, I, I wanted Paris Campbell. Uh, he ended up on IR. I probably wanted Austin Eckler, which... At this point, it's kind of nice to have Eckler, but you would have missed him for, for many, many weeks. Um, and so I, I probably wanted Joe Mixon, but uh, I ended up getting him in one league. But uh, he, he's now unreliable, and so I'm glad I didn't get him in certain leagues. But, um, but anyway, the, the different players, you can think of your own guys uh, in your own leagues as far as you wanted that guy, but you're glad you didn't get him. So how does that parallel to our own lives? Well... Whether it's a job or a promotion you know, that we think we really want or even a girlfriend that we can't imagine life without or a house that we just have to have, oftentimes we can look back with gratefulness 
that things turned out better than we had initially envisioned. And something that we thought was a disappointment, a miss, uh, you know, oh, man, I, I wanted that to, to happen so badly. We look back fondly to say, man, I'm so glad something else happened. And, and you know, of course, at the initial disappointment, we, we really have a limited view of what's best for us or what's in store for the future. And so although these are challenging situations and unfortunate circumstances that, that don't have the results that we want initially, uh, we can see how, how things work out in the long run. And, and so this truth for us, when it comes to more important things beyond fantasy, is the reality that God is working in us and through us as he's accomplishing his will by turning what we thought was bad, what we thought was a missed opportunity, it actually turns into something good, that God uses it, he changes us through the process, he opens up an even better door, and we know that he sees the big picture, his plan is best, his purposes are the best. And so this, this is confirmed in Romans 8.28 in the Amplified Version, one of my favorite verses, maybe my favorite verse in the Bible, where it says, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. How awesome is that? That's where we find hope. That's what we cling to. As soon as something pops up that didn't turn out how we wanted initially, we turn to this verse and we go, you know what? God's going to work this together for good because I love God and I trust God. And I know that his plan and his purpose is better than whatever I can, can figure out, right? Or, or what the, the, the plan that I think is the best, he's got a better plan. And we have to believe it. We can say it, but we have to believe it. Because when we believe it, then the worry goes away. We have hope. We have peace. And even in the worst circumstance, we can find a glimmer of hope and recognize that somehow good is coming out of this now or for eternity. And, and, you know, it, we, you can fill in the blank of the disappointments, uh, but somehow, some way, it grows our faith or it grows someone else's faith, and they see Jesus revealed in the midst of it. Because let's face it, during trials, a lot of times are when people finally surrender, finally look up and say, God, reveal yourself to me. I need you. And so that's, that's you know, one of the key ways that God turns things around for good, because that is good. That's better than you know, any, any, I hate to say it, but even tragedy, tragedy in the, in the middle of it. It's like, this is the worst thing ever. And even in that we can believe Romans eight twenty eight, and it's really hard. It's really hard to find good in some of the worst circumstances, but we serve a big God, a faithful God, a God who is sovereign overall, and he can turn anything around for good and good can come out of it. And, and so I hope that we'll all cling to that verse, Romans eight twenty eight. Uh, go study it for yourself, meditate on it, think about it, and it's got to be a go-to verse for us as, as life is going to be difficult. And, and then we'll be able to look back and we'll go, man, I, I'm, I'm glad I missed out on that one player because God turned it around for good. And I, I'm glad I did not get that job because I ended up finding a better job. And, and we'll be thankful for some of the things that happen uh, in life. And it's, it's, it's crazy to think in the moment. Uh, but as we look back, we can trust that, that God 
is working all things together for good. So uh, let's uh, let's end it right there. Let me know your thoughts. If you if you wrestle with that verse and you and you hear that and you go, man, I don't believe that, and and, and you know you're you're struggling with something. I I'd, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can shoot me an email, fantasy at unpackingit.com. I also read a book called The Promise, all about that verse. And I, I'll mention, I probably mentioned it before. I'll mention it probably again. It's a great book, um, all about that verse. So uh, thanks so much for listening to today's Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast. Check out fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Unpacking It podcast and never miss an episode. Uh, once you subscribe, and we appreciate you rating, reviewing, and, and leaving comments and, and shooting us emails. Uh, always appreciate it. Enjoy the fantasy weekend. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a fantasy football owner. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy owners who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast.